It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Robert's Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And welcome into this week's show. Of course, Labor Day weekend. We're sort of putting summer in the rearview mirror, so that means we're going to talk fall fishing with Ray Gildow and Jason Freed on this week's show. We also have bear season opening up this weekend, deer season archery about two weeks after that. So we'll talk about that with Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, plus some late season fall food plots, and another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And we'll start off with our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby. No matter if your goal is pike, trout, walleyes, or bass, Oars and Mine gives you 10 different ways to get the bite. The next time you're in the Cuyuna area, Oars and Mine is a must-stop located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we'll kick the show off as we always do with our local report. We bring in Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. And Ray's been very busy. He's going to be a fish and leech here coming up uh, this coming week. Spent a little time uh, getting some information on Winnie and also the immediate Brainerd Lakes area. Ray, uh, first of all, welcome back. Well, thank you, Brian. And before we do that, I want to thank you publicly for being the host, master of ceremonies for our variety show for the Railroad Days in Staples last week. You did a fabulous job and we've got a lot of feedback so you're not just about Brainerd Outdoors. <laughs> well thank you that was a lot of fun Ray and I, I have done very few events like that. I really didn't know what to expect going in but that was such a fun show, a great crowd and I had a lot of fun talking with people afterwards and stuff so yeah that was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah you bet, thanks for doing that. Um, let's start off uh, on Winnie. Uh, you always keep a very close eye up there and ear to the ground as to what's going on. What can you tell us? Uh, I, I, am, I haven't been on Winnie myself for a while, but I did talk to uh, Kim at the High Banks today and I got a report, and she said there is definitely a migration moving now from the walleyes from the humps, and they're starting to move back to the shore breaks, which we will see probably pretty soon on Leech Lake, too. Um, and it sometimes makes them a little easier to find, especially on Winnie. There are so many humps on Winnie that it can drive you crazy when you're out there. It's like, you know, just up and down, up and down everywhere. And so there's been a migration start. She thinks in another week, if the water stays cool, the water's dropped about 10 degrees Wow! in this past week. And she thinks if the water keeps dropping down, we're going to see a pretty good transition to the shore breaks. And um, leeches, uh, or not leeches, but night crawlers and lindy rigs have kind of been the ticket for the walleyes up there. And the northern pike bite has been very good. Uh, jigs and minnows, uh, that's been very good. And there's also that migration of perch starting to happen. So up towards Three Rivers and uh, Cutfoot Sioux and some of those areas, guys are getting perch out in the humps yet, but they're mixed. You know, lots of little ones and an occasional big one. But we're starting to see the perch transition a little bit the same way. And uh, so, yeah, the report there, I think it, it's just been pretty consistent all summer long on uh, on Winnie. And... Um, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the fall's like because it has been very, very good. And then jumping over to Leech Lake, 
the walleye bite still is pretty inconsistent there. I, I talked to one of my buddies this morning who guides. He got three this morning. And that's not a lot. <laughs> you got two or three paid customers in your boat, mm-hmm. so it's been a, it's still been a challenge. It's just a challenge finding where they're at, and I think that we'll start seeing that migration occurring now on Leech Lake too. I think you'll start seeing fish on little hardwood, big hardwood. You'll start seeing them moving off the annex, uh, off the rock piles, and moving back in. You know, historically in mid-September we usually see a big migration along uh, Sugar Point. And the five-mile point up in those areas, that's historically where we've had some of our very best fall fishing. And uh, it remains to be seen if that's going to happen yet. There's a lot of people that are wondering why we aren't catching more. And, you know, if the DNR is accurate in what they've been predicting, they said that there was a huge population of perch last spring. um, And a year ago was a good hatch. A year ago was a very good hatch for walleyes, one of the biggest they've ever had. And then there was a very good hatch for tulipies. So... If you have all that bait fish in the in the lake, it's probably going to just make it a lot tougher. Can I, I, I go back to, again, I think it was 1991 when we just couldn't catch a fish on Mille Lacs. And everybody started calling it the Dead Sea because it was so bad. 92 was an explosive year. It was just unbelievable. But I think they ate out a lot of those perch, and then they started getting hungry. So well, that will remain to be seen what happens there. But uh, the, I think the musky bites slowed down a little bit. They're still catching some muskies. There was a about two-week streak there where muskie bite was really good on Leech Lake, uh, all over the lake, really, on rocks and off the weed edges and on the humps. And that's slowing down a little bit now. Uh, <clears throat> I think the uh, bass bite has still been pretty good up on Leech Lake. Smallies, there aren't the smallies on Leech that there are on Mille Lacs, but there are areas... If you find rocks, you're going to find smallies. And Lindy Rigs, if you don't want to use artificials, Lindy Rigs with crawlers, this time of the year is a very productive way to go after those smallmouth bass. Then kind of jumping down into the Brainerd area, um, two or three of my buddies have been out this week, and I haven't been on gall this week myself, but it's been picking up pretty good. Uh, Eight, nine fish mornings, eight, nine fish in the afternoons. Uh, they're in 15 to 18 feet of water, so they're still off the weed edges. Um, the, you know, I think the water temperature is about 70, 71 degrees in, this, in our area now. So that bite is picking up, and that's good to see because we've had some falls where we couldn't hardly find walleyes on Gall Lake, and it's really good to hear that uh, most guys are running creek chubs and uh, red tails. Red tails are plentiful right now, from, believe good. it or not. Wow. Creek chubs are a little harder to come by. And it's some of the other minnows that people can't get. You know, we had a real late spring, and so we don't have the pike minnows that we usually do this time of the year. Um, we have golden shiners and um, some fat, a lot of fatheads, of course. But So there's plenty of that kind of bait if you want to spend the money to go after the walleyes with that kind of bait. And there's also been uh, some good days up on the whitefish chain. Um, I know a couple of my buddies were up there this week, and they, they did okay. I mean, they didn't limit out or anything, but they did okay. And that's the same thing there. They're in about that 15, 18, 19 feet of water. And uh, you can usually see them when they're in that depth. So you see them and you park on them and, and hope they'll bite. You know, one thing you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we had you on, Ray, you said that there was starting to become a good crappie and panfish bite too. Um, still happening? Uh, the The panfish bite is still good. And 
Uh, finding them on the humps is pretty easy right now. You know, it really is. You can go out on 9, 10, 11 feet of water. Um, on some of the bars, even on Gull Lake, man, there's a lot of a lot of panfish on there. And then in the evenings, uh, along the weed lines is when most guys are crappie fishing. And that crappie fishing bite maybe slowed down a little bit this past week. But it was really, really hot there for a while. And one last thing before we get into a tournament we want to talk about coming up. Um, with that water temp, you said dropping 10 degrees. I would have to think uh, things are really going to start to trigger here because it looks like we got some cool evenings in front of us. Um, things are only going to get better. Yeah. You drive by these lakes now and you see steam coming off them. I mean, that's a good indicator that they're really cooling down. Uh, we had a couple, we had one morning this week and it was 48 degrees, I think, 49 degrees in the Brainerd area. And north of us, it was a little cooler than that. So that really, it's amazing how fast lakes cool down and heat up. And so I think that is going to get those perch in to the shallows. I mean, they're going to start following the little shiners into the shallows. And the walleyes are going to start migrating and following everything. They follow the bait. They go where the bait's at. I think that's going to make it a lot a lot more fun this fall. Fall is an exciting time. There's it is. Plenty, always plenty going on. Uh, speaking of which, Walleye Alliance tournament coming up as well. Yeah, I'm just uh, sharing this information. I'm not uh, part of this uh, operation uh, yet. But it's called the Walleye Alliance or the Brainerd Walleye Alliance. And there was a Walleye Alliance in Brainerd a number of years ago. And it kind of petered out. Uh, for a number of reasons, all of which I'm not certain. But uh, Nate Blazing is one of the guys leading the charge to get this back in action again. And I know there's a real emphasis on getting young people involved. I I know they're going to try to tie into the fishing club here in the Brainerd area, Pequot area, and get some of those young people involved. And so they're going to have what they call a fall walleye classic. And they used to have this years ago, too. It's going to be at the Elks Youth Camp on Pelican Lake. uh, And it's going to be Sunday September 30th from 7.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. It's not a a big payout. They're looking for 80 boats. If they have 80 boats, first place will be $3,500. Second place will be $2,000. Third place will be $1,500. Now, if they get more boats, I think those numbers will go up. And they're trying to, what they're going to try to do is work with other groups so that it's a true alliance where it's not just one organization. Because I remember when they had this active number of years ago, they helped stock lakes. They invested some money in fingerlings and worked with the DNR. And so I think they're trying to get that going again. The entry fee for this particular tournament is $200 per team. And uh, payouts will adjust accordingly if there's less than 80 boats, too. And so if you're, if you're interested, um, you could go to the Walleye Alliance Facebook. Uh, they just kind of have got it set up. These are all kind of new things. They're just getting them set up. And look for Nate Blazing's telephone number if you can't find anything else, and they can give you all the up-to-date information. Again, that's the Walleye Alliance. Go to the Brainerd Walleye Alliance, and uh, that'll come up, and you can get the information you need. There you go. It's coming up on September 30th. Ray Gildow with the Nisswa Guides League. You can check Ray out, raygildow.com, as well as all over social media and the Nisswa Guides League as well. I appreciate the information. As always, great stuff, Ray. And we'll check in real soon. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right. When we come back, Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop will drop by. We're heading uh, through the rest of the Labor Day weekend. Fall is coming up next. We've got fall fishing, archery season a couple of weeks away. Bear season opens up this weekend. We'll talk to Brent about all of that and more when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3.
Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And I figured we'd talk a little hunting this time around. We bring in Brent Beimert with Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. And Brent, I mean, here we are. We'll get wrapped up with the Labor Day weekend and then it's full go fall. Uh, we've got bear opener this weekend, a couple of weeks away from the uh, archery deer opener. So it's all happening. It is. It's ramping up pretty good. The evening temperatures are dropping. Um, you know, this weekend might be a little warm, but bear season's here, and deer isn't far away. First off, I want to talk about acorns, because I was uh, back in Wisconsin over the weekend. My parents kind of live back in the woods a little bit, and uh, they've got a lot of oak trees around, and their their garage is a, a tin roof, so we were just sitting outside, you know, shooting the breeze a little bit, but, I mean, it was like bang, bang, bang. <laughs> I think we're going to have a pretty decent acorn crop this year. There is a pile. Um probably more than we've seen in a long time. Uh, the white oaks, bur oaks and stuff, they are just dropping like crazy. And then, of course, the reds will come a little bit later, and um, they're starting to fall. But my yard's littered with them, and it sounds like everybody else's yard is too. So that's a great place to uh, do your early season hunting. Yeah, it's kind of a catch-22 for hunters, both deer and bear, because for deer hunters, they're like, okay, now if I go sit in the acorns, I should have some pretty good luck. For bear hunters that have been bear baiting, and we've talked to Matt a ton on that, he's been busy with that the last couple of weeks, that could throw them a curveball a little bit because bear love acorns. They certainly do. They're high in protein, they're putting on that body weight, and they will sit underneath an uh, oak tree and scarf them up just like every other animal in the woods. They like them just as much. And what happens a lot of times, you know, they tend to shy off the baits a little bit and they go to those acorns, so... It's kind of tough on some of the bear hunters right now. I heard, um, you know, inconsistency since the acorns started falling and stuff, but you just got to stay on them and keep freshening up the baits. And there's some products you have there at, at the shop uh, that can help people out with that a little bit. Yeah, we got some bear scents is what it's called. Um, it comes in a big spray bottle. You can spray on the leaves. You can spray the logs around your stand, and it freshens it up, and it really puts that odor in the air really strong. Um, there's bacon, there's honey, anise, and there's some acorn spray too. So if that's what they're looking for, maybe that'll help some. Um, and then we got some gels too, where you can paintbrush it on a log or paintbrush it on the food or something of that sort too. And, and guys have been using that. It's got a real high odor. Um, and you know, bears got a tremendous nose and they can smell it from a long ways away. So if you freshen that up the day of your hunt, it could uh, certainly help out. And talking to the DNR, uh, talking to a lot of hunters, talking to you, Brent, we've got a pretty good bear population going right now. Yeah, there's a lot of bears. Um, so if, it, if a guy's got a bait pile out it's not getting hit, go to a different location because there should be some bears finding their bait piles, that's for sure. And with this warmer weather, Brent, do they move around more at night? Are Because a lot of times with deer, you've noticed that, I'm sure. When it gets hot, they don't really move much. They'll wait till it cools down. And do the do, do bear do the same thing, or do they just move when they're hungry? A little of both. You know, the hotter it gets, the harder it is for, you know, all of us, bears, deer, everything in, included. Um, but when they're hungry, you know, they're ready to eat. Um, so if you got a daylight bear, that's great. But, yeah, they do hit a lot of times in the evening, that nocturnal stuff. Um, all depends, too, a little bit, just like deer hunting, how much pressure, how many times, you know, have you bumped him or have you done anything or, 
you know, guys will go out and they'll change their woods and hang the stands and cut down a bunch of stuff. And that can slow things down a little bit, too, for a little while. But a lot of times when they're hungry, they're ready to feed. And one last thing with those bear scents you were talking about, Brent, is that something you want to put directly on your bait or something more around it just to get them enticed a little bit more? I I would put it more around it. Um, I wouldn't put it directly on it. You know, I'd spray the the area around it and stuff so then too when the you know bear comes in and can tracks through it um he may he may bring some of that scent down the way and another bear may pick it up you know i just i wouldn't put it directly on the bait i'd put it maybe on the logs a little bit and maybe on the trees around it so there you go on the bear front and once again that opens up this weekend dnr also mentioned too to keep an eye out for you know don't you don't want to shoot any collared bears that they have out there that was a statement they put out earlier this year um, and it's because those are out there as well. Let's switch gears to deer, Brent. I don't know about you. I've been seeing quite a few deer. I haven't really seen many bucks, but just deer out and about driving around and stuff, they're out there. I think we should be in pretty good shape heading into this fall. Yeah, the population looks pretty good. Um, I haven't seen a lot of, you know, big bucks myself either. A lot of little stuff running around, so that's good for the future. Um, you know, but the deer population seems to have rebounded some. Um, they put a bunch more tags out in different areas so guys can take multiple deer. But if you don't have a bunch on your property, it doesn't necessarily always mean you got to buy that tag for it. So, you know, the doe tags and stuff, the intensive harvest and stuff. The only thing that I thought was a little surprising this year that I've seen before, number one, the one buck that I saw that was decent size about a week ago, he was still in full velvet. And I've also been seeing, Brent, and I don't know about you, more little small fawns than I've ever seen, and I don't know if that's a product of them being born late, um, but I've seen more of those than I've seen in a long time, too. I think it's a product of, of a pretty mild winter for the most part. Now, it did stretch on a little bit, but the first stages of our winter were pretty easy. Deer had, you know, they didn't have deep snow. They didn't have to work hard. Um, the temperatures were fair. Um, you know, like I say, the snow came late, but by that time, spring was here, too, and and so I think it's just a, a mild winter, um, you know, and those does, they don't have to work as hard to keep their fawns. So that's something, too. And then for those uh, that have had food plots out and maybe they didn't quite generate the way you wanted them to and you, you're you still kind of in the 11th hour here for food plots, but if you want to try and salvage some things, Brent, there are some things people can do. Yeah, um, we still have a little bit of buck forage oats left. When it's gone, it's gone. Um, we, you know, we got uh, we got a few bags. Like I say, oats come up fast. So if it's buck porridge oats or regular oats or rye or something like that, you can still get those food plots in. As a matter of fact, I still got about two acres. I got a plant yet. I haven't got it done. Just been too busy here at the shop. So one of these first days, I want to get out and get the oats in the ground. And there is that time for that. But, you know, some of the other ones, the brassicas, different stuff like that's getting too late on those. But oats blow out of the ground and that buck forage oats is in my opinion one of the best food plots in the fall so just probably get it in either this weekend or this coming week huh yeah yeah we got some time yet um i planted it really late one year to see what would happen it was kind of the way the weather had uh, determined for me um the latest i've ever planted it is september 28th now i don't really recommend planting that late with oats and stuff but it turned out to be a fabulous food plot that year and and we wound up shooting a couple bucks off it in the dough. And, and, uh, uh, but you should be getting it in here in the next oh, 10 days, two weeks at the latest, you know, to get a good crop going. 
So there you go. One last thing, Brent, before we let you go. I always like to talk to you about some of the new bows that are out on the market. A couple I wanted to bring up, a new line that you have there at Biomed Outdoors, the Elite line. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, we brought Elite in. It's new to us. Um, it's a great shooting bow, high let off, very smooth draw. Uh, they got a new one out this year. Um, it's it's real quiet. Um, it just it, recoil-wise, it's very calm in your hand. Um, they're just a really nice shooting bow. They're built well. They, they shoot well, and and we're pretty happy to have it in here. Um, anybody wants to come out and shoot the new Elite line, we've got it, so they can, and, and uh, along with our Matthews and everything else, too. So um, a little bit more option out there. And Hoyt just had kind of a late-season one that they uh, brought into the, the product line here. This one a little bit more on the high end, but uh, you have been raving about that, too, and that's the Hoyt Nitrux. Yeah, the Nitrux, it's a mid-price bow. Um, so it's, it's, it's high-end features with a, uh, uh, not a low-end price, but a mid-price point. Um, it's a great shooting bow. comes in around, I think it's $749 or $799. It's got their new cam on it, new limbs, uh, roller guard. Very nice shooting bow without having to go up into that high, high price range. And there again, guys just got to come out, throw it in their hand, and and shoot it. It's got a real nice axle axle length. It's not a it's not a big bow by any means, and just a nice solid shooting bow from Hoyt. Pretty lightweight. Yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, you know I can't remember the weight of it offhand, but it's uh, all about average weight. Yeah, most of them they don't make them heavy anymore, do they? <laughs> not not too much. Nope. This one does come under four pounds, so it's a nice shooting bow. So a lot of things there, and as we said, uh, a lot of things for you to check out of Bimert Outdoors, some new line of bows out there. we got archery season for deer coming up in a couple of weeks, a uh, small game coming up, uh, Brent, grouse season, uh, fall turkey, and then obviously bears. So uh, it's a busy time of the year for us. Plus, we can't forget about fall fishing. Yeah, you know, those walleyes and muskies, they all start to to go good now, too. So it's it's too bad we can't take fall and stretch it out about two months longer, you know, so we have that bigger window. But you just got to pick your poison and, and uh, get in the woods or get on the water or, or just quit working and do both. <laughs> I like that idea. I might I might see if that will work for me. I don't know. Uh, it's Brent Beimer at Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. You can check them out just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. They're also on Facebook as well. Brent, I appreciate the time. As always, we will be talking to you a lot this fall. Look forward to it, and uh, we'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Brent. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. And back with us, uh, normally he joins us throughout the wintertime with uh, updates on Leech Lake, uh, but he is back to talk. We haven't chat- chatted with him in a while, and that is Jason Freed. Jason is with Leisure Outdoor Adventures. And Jason, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's been, uh, seems like uh, it wasn't long ago we were wondering if the ice was ever going to come off the lakes, and... Uh... Lo and behold, it's been open water, and it's been a fun summer. It really has been, and that's the, the to me, it'll be something that'll stick in my mind forever. I mean, we went from, like you said, keeping our fingers crossed that we were going to have something to fish on opener. We ended up, and then all of a sudden, everything just took off, and I mean, it's it's been a summer to remember. It is. You know, I, I, I never in a million years would I have thought we were going to have open water on opener, and then it came, and then by Memorial Day, it was, water was 70 degrees, and... And it, everything just seems to happen so quickly, and uh, which it just goes to prove, you know, you don't need to 
a typical normal spring sometimes. You know, things just happen for a reason. Yeah. So how's fishing been for you? I mean, have you guys had, uh, I mean, there's a whole fleet of you there with Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You specifically have a pretty good summer so far? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, May, you know, we obviously, our, our footprint is in the Walker Leech Lake area and Cass Lake and Mille Lacs, and we cover a pretty big, um, pretty big area. But, uh, you know, uh, May was, was pretty decent. It was actually kind of slow, uh, slower than normal. Uh, we do a lot of fishing on Leech Lake that time of year, shallow water bite and jigs and minnows. And, um, you know, but I think that kind of crazy warm weather we had in May, I think, kind of threw threw things for a loop and the fish were kind of i think little little out of sorts but then uh literally it was kind of like a light switch got flipped and about uh, memorial day for about a three-week stretch there fishing got really really good on leech lake and um it was fun because that that's the time of year where you could still catch them on jigs and minnows but then you switching over and you start catching them on lindy rigs and crawlers and leeches and then you know the bugs start to hatch and then pretty soon the spinner bites going and it's just you got all kinds of things going on and uh can you can make for a lot of fun and so june was a good month we had a really good month on june and uh we uh we were super busy all of us were pretty much going full tilt from uh basically the start of school getting out about june 4th and then just going every single day till the 4th of july and uh it's, uh, we, we like to call it the guide grind, but uh, you kind of learn to embrace and enjoy it. And it's kind of like Groundhog's Day. You get up, you get your boat ready every day, you get bait, you go to the landing, you pick your people up, and you go fishing. And uh, and that's the fun part about it. And the fun part about our is we have a team of guides. You know, we have seven of our guides, and and uh, we're all working together. You know, Leech Lake, for example, is 100 and, you know, almost 12,000 acres. And so, you know, to have a team of guys to work on breaking down the lake and and you know, kind of staying on top of bites is, is is a lot of fun. And so um, now we're kind of kicking back hard here again, about and kind of getting after it. But that could sometimes be called the dog days of summer. But we don't like to we don't like to let that scare us too much. Mentioned Cass Lake. Matt Brewer and I were, have been talking about this for the last year or so, and you know Matt very well. Yep. That lake has changed quite a bit. Have you have you noticed? Is it a lake you've had to relearn based on the fact with the zebra mussels in there have kind of cleared things up a little bit? It has. You know, it's a, a super clear lake. And I think as we evolve here the next few years with invasive species and, and zebra mussels and, and them clarifying, the, you know, making the water more clear, it's definitely going to have to change how you fish. And, you know, when you get out on Cass Lake, uh, Cass Lake is a phenomenal lake and uh, lots of really good fish between 14 and 18 inches and some nicer, bigger fish here and there. And, um, and it's kind of a forgotten lake, you know, it's kind of stuck between red lake and leech and you got winnie and you got malax you got all these big lakes and people kind of forget about cast lake and um it is a it is a fun fun lake and it's one of those lakes like even this time of year that really i think shines because it's a lot of steep breaks and that you know early in the year you get a calm day and it's a super clear water it can be really tough to fish out there um you got to stay off the fish and so one thing i've learned about cast and just fishing some of these lakes that aren't you know, do have zebra mussels in them is you do have to change the way you approach things. And, and I kind of look at it twofold, you know, number one is a lot of the proven spots are always still going to have fish. But the one thing I've learned, and I've even seen this on Leech Lake, because the leeches are very clear as well, is that sometimes you just got to fish. And I think, you know, we all get kind of get caught up in our graphs and our electronics. And, you know, I am always using my Lowrance and I, I mean, it doesn't lie, but there's times where when you're driving, when you drive over fish, and especially in, you know, shallower water. I mean, even 15, 20 feet of water, I've noticed, on casts, on leech, and these places. That when you drive over a school of fish, you spook them. 
the sound of your motor and, and such. And so I've, I've just started learning, and this is something I apply to cast and I apply to leech, is that as I'm driving structure, if I see bait, and then I see, if I just see a, a mark, two marks, not even just, I mean, if I see just a couple marks and I have an idea what depth I'm seeing those in, I stop and I fish it. And, um, because what I find is that once I put my electric motor down and I'm going quieter and slower, all of a sudden the fish start showing up on the screen. And, and I think a lot of that's doing you fish these clear lakes like cast and stuff. You really got to sometimes just trust your gut and know that's a good spot. I know there's fish there. I'm going to drive until I see a, a little bit of life and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to fish it for a little bit. And then, then the second thing I, I kind of apply to lakes like cast with, you know, how the, with the water clarity is, you got to get off the fish sometimes, especially on flatter, calmer days where those fish can be spooky. And so whether that's applying things like uh, power corking or power bobbing with slip bobbers, which is very popular on Mille Lacs, um, casting, um, you know, long lining, um, Lindy rigs, um, but you have to get the bait out away from the boat. Otherwise you're, you're going to really do yourself a disservice and, uh, and you're going to really spook fish. And so, it's definitely changed the way, uh, you know, how things work. And then you got to also think about feeding windows too. But otherwise, no, that, that's kind of how I, I look at it and I apply it. And, um, you know, I would definitely urge people to uh, do the same thing. You kind of got to create a reaction bite. And what I mean by a reaction bite is you got to think about trying to provoke the fish into, into biting. And walleyes are predators. And so when I think about that, I oftentimes think about things like jigging wraps, um, shiver minnows, crankbaits, um, you know, casting, um, you know, and just being really kind of super aggressive. And so what, the, you know, this time of year, you got to also pay attention to the feeding windows. And so like that early morning, evening bites, you know, but what, what do you do during the middle of the day? That's where, that's where I think the reaction bite shines. And so this time of year, you're going to find me and myself and the other guides, we're going to, we're going to be pulling crankbaits, uh, you know, all on, you know, like on Leech Lake on uh, brake lines or looking for suspended fish. Uh, same thing. We're going to get the baits out away from the boat. We're going to cover ground. Um, and that's, that's the other point is just by covering ground, you're going to locate more fish. And, and so, you know, whether it's a number five, number seven shad wrap, uh, flicker minnows, flicker shads, um, you know, guys getting out away from the boat. Uh, or, you know, when you're working some deeper structure, uh, or, you know, larger flat, flats where you know fish are congregating, that's where jigging wraps and shiver minnows and those reaction-style baits can come into play. And, and it's just all you're doing is creating a reaction bite. Like I said, walleyes are predators. You know, they're like a muskie. They're like a pike. They are predator fish. And by doing this, you're going to create reaction. You're not going to maybe catch 20 fish out of a school, but you're going to catch three, four, five fish, and then you can just continue to move on and keep kind of grinding away at it. And you can take a day that may look like a slow day and you could turn into a pretty darn good day and um and so that's kind of how i look at that is try to find the, the reaction bite if you can and uh and at the same time if you can cover ground you can come back later especially during that feeding window time and uh and you know there's a school of fish hanging there you can slow it down you can lindy rig you can slip bobber and you can do some of those other things and and you can oftentimes make it a really really good day and then the other thing I was, like we were talking about off air was Sometimes, you know, people, they come to Minnesota and they want a walleye fish and they want to catch walleyes. And, and um, you know, it's the old, sometimes it's putting the old square peg into the round hole mentality. And there's this days this time of year where walleye fishing is just really tough. And people can sometimes gauge their, their vacations and their fishing trips about how many walleyes they catch. And so, you know, as a guide and as a guide service and, and such, I've, you know, I've really spent a lot of time in the last three weeks branching out 
fishing other lakes in the Hackensack, Longville area, um, you know, going to places like Cass Lake and, and just kind of hitting more lakes and that are sometimes hidden gems. And there's some lakes in the Longville Hackensack area where we can catch everything from smallmouth to largemouth to walleyes and pike. And, and it's all kind of in an intermixed and, and it's just a ton of fun for people because the rod's bending and the, and the reels are, you know, and the, the drags are peeling and, and people are happy. And so, and, and when we get done with the trip, uh, I say, was that a lot of fun? And they said that was way more fun than trying to just grind away and catch a handful of keeper walleyes, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I just encourage people, like if you're staying someplace and you have the ability to move, um, you know, we talked about this, you know, the Minnesota DNR Lake Finder and, or, or just asking, going to the bait shop and say, hey, what are some other lakes in the area? Um, or calling up a guide, you know, and getting some stuff and just go out and catch. It's, you know, there's nothing better than getting into a school of smallmouth. I mean, those things, they're the pound for pound with the hardest fighting fish there is. And, um, you know, at the same time, also musky fishing's taken off and this, this time of year too. And so uh, if the walleyes aren't going, try something else and, and, and have fun because all of us love catching fish, whether it's a bluegill, whether it's a pike, whether it's a perch, it doesn't matter. When it all comes down to it, we all love to catch fish and we love the tug on the end of the, the line. And, uh, and I just encourage people to get out and just enjoy the fisheries that the state of Minnesota has and the fish that are inside of those fisheries. Great stuff from Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com. I appreciate it. Always fun to talk to you, buddy. And uh, we're going to have to get you on here maybe a couple more times before we get you on uh, weekly here in the winter. That'd be good. I I am not counting the days down to winter. So anytime (laughs) we can talk open water, I'm a happy guy. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet. Not yet. So (laughs) that's Jason Freed. Jason, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks, Brian. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Time for our famished fisherman recipe here on Brainerd Outdoors. As always, we bring in Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon in Baxter, for another fantastic recipe. This one, we're going the Greek route this week, uh, Joel. We're going to do a Greek salad and then top it with a uh, pan-fried walleye filet. So Greek salad, this is what we're going to do is we're going to make our own Greek dressing. It's kind of the awesome part of the Greek salad. Um, we're going to start with some chopped garlic, some dried oregano, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of red wine vinegar. Toss that in the food processor. Whip it up real good. You guys don't really need to use a food processor. Just whip it up in a bowl. A little bit of lemon zest. Juice the lemon in there. Let that sit to the side. Start making our salad up, I guess. Take, uh, you know, you can use spinach. You can use romaine, iceberg, any kind of lettuce you like. Even a mixture of all three of those would be good. Add in a little bit of red onions, some sliced grape tomatoes, black olives, feta cheese. Toss it all together in a bowl. A little bit of our homemade dressing. Add our pan-fried walleye. So for the walleye, we're going to take some breadcrumbs, a little bit of garlic pepper, and some fresh parsley. And we're going to dredge our walleye fillets into that breadcrumb mixture. Coat them real nice and evenly on both sides. Toss them to a hot skillet with a little bit of, little bit of oil or butter. Either way you go. Three to four minutes on each side till it's nice and golden brown flakes apart top it over your salad one silly question on this if you did not if you want to just use the salad dressing as like a tartar sauce type of thing could you do that yeah that would be excellent over top of a little bit of, over the walleye so if you weren't a, a salad person but maybe wanted to you know have a different side with it like you know some sort of vegetable or something like that you could use the the salad dressing as yeah definitely i go with some you know fresh uh 
fresh steamed veggies, you know, some broccoli and zucchini or something, and a little bit of dressing over top of the walleye. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, so it's interchangeable. Interchangeable. (laughs) There you go. Well, if you want to give it a try, uh, by all means, head to our website, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Just click on the recipes tab, and there's a ton of them there for you to try, including this one, Greek salad with uh, pan-fried walleye. Joel, great job as always, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Excellent. Thanks, Brian. And that'll wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. If you're away from your radio or out of town, you can still listen to the show live. Just go to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com, click on the Listen Live tab so you can stream it live that way. Or if you missed a portion of this week's show or want to relive some of it, many ways you can listen on demand. we got the show up on the website. Once again, BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com is where you want to go for that. While you're there, visit our sponsors page. We've got links to all of our guests that we have each and every week and a lot of information there as well, so we invite you to check that out. Plus, we're available on all the podcast networks, PodcastOne.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, you name it. Wherever you download podcasts, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors. Just search Brainerd Outdoors, and while you're at it, we'd appreciate it if you give us a nice rate and review. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Pine River State Bank, Bymert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Jack Pine Brewery, the official beer of Brainerd Outdoors, Freedom Firearms, The Power Lodge, Chef Roberts Fish Breading Mix, S&W Bait and Tackle, Pro Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.